great stuff. So I've been so challenged getting into uh, the study and the research about the topic today, which is why are Christians often so hypocritical? And interestingly enough, out of the forms that have come back, that's one of the top ticks. And the more that have come in over the last few days, that one has always ticked. It's that one and why are Christians so judgmental. I mean, hit that a bit together, but primarily focusing on why are Christians so hypocritical. So in simple terms, we're going to cover four points today. First point, what is the true definition of a hypocrite? Second point, when do I know that there's hypocrisy in my life? Third point, why is it such an issue? And fourth point, how do we find the solution? So we're going to look at those in depth. To help us with that, we're going to read from Matthew 6 and Matthew 23 in the Bible. If you have your Bibles, you can start at Matthew 6 with me. Otherwise, it's going to be up on the slide. Perfect. So we're, we're going to do 1 to 6, and then we're going to have a short break. But this is what it says. It says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. Now, just before I read into it, Jesus is speaking in these two passages, predominantly to people called the Pharisees. They were a highly influential religious group, in a religious sect in Judaism at the time of Jesus. They were mostly businessmen and also leaders of synagogues, so they were highly influential in that regard, and they were focused on complete observance of the law, amongst many other things, and there were sort of 600 different regulations, and they were obsessed with this. In fact, the word Pharisee, um, really means separated one, but it's in a very pious manner. So it's not separated in a healthy sense, it's in an unhealthy sense. That's really where they came across from. So this is who Jesus is speaking to as we read together. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whether, so whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by the people. Truly I tell you, they already have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Then we jump a little bit further. Jesus picks up the same story, um, or the same focus. Whenever you fast, um, this is uh, when you don't eat or you fast of something, um, and it's supposed to get you to think about Jesus. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive, which I've seen Ian do a lot of the time, actually. When he's fasting, you come to just see him walking to church with a really strange look on his face. Um, that's why. <laughs> Um, for they make their faces unattractive so that their fasting is obvious to the people. I mean, think about it. This is absolutely ludicrous. They were the top of the religious leaders, and they would do that. They would make their faces look strange and gloomy so that they could get people to know what they were doing. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your Father who's in secret. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And we jump to 23 because Jesus picks up on his similar focus to the Pharisees. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. The scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. 
Um, that's because they sat under the law of God as you written by Moses. Therefore, do whatever they do, whatever they tell you, and observe it. But don't do what they do, because they don't practice what they teach. They tie up heavy loads, uh, this is in a pictorial sense, that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. They do everything to be seen by others. They enlarge their phylacteries uh, and lengthen their tassels. These were things, little boxes that kept laws on them, and the, the tassels were, were showing what they knew and their status in terms of the law. And so they would make these really, really showy so that everyone saw it. They love the place of honor at banquets, the front seats in the synagogues, the greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called rabbi by the people. But you are not to be called rabbi, because you have one teacher and you're all brothers and sisters. Do not call anyone on earth your father, because you have one father who's in heaven. You're not to be called instructors either, because you have one instructor, the Messiah. He's talking to his followers now. The Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. I'm going to come back to that, um, but it's an incredibly challenging group of passages. And what Jesus does afterwards, it was a little too long to, for me to read, but if you read further in Matthew 23, if you have your Bibles, he really gets animated. And it's probably one of the passages where you see Jesus most angry. He he's talking to the Pharisees, and he says to them, um, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, exclamation mark, six times. He calls the Pharisees blind guides, whitewashed tombs, snakes, and a brood of vipers. So this was not pretty language. He, he sort of builds into it, and he goes even stronger, probably stronger than you will ever see Jesus talk. So if you're here today, and maybe you've been invited by a friend, or you've seen our advertising, and you've gone, I want to come, because yes, Christians are such hypocrites, or I'm angry about this word hypocrisy. Well, guess what? You and Jesus are in the exact same boat. So whether you believe in Christ or not, whether you're exploring or not today, you're on the side of Jesus when it comes to be angry about seeing hypocrisy operating in the world. First thing, what is a hypocrite? Well, we've just had the Academy Awards, the Oscars that some might see. There was, there was different prizes, one each year. Um, and this is one of the key calendar highlights if you're an actor who's made it. There's the Golden Globes, there's the Academy Awards or the Oscars. But if you're anybody, when it comes to the acting industry, producing acting, this is where you want to be. This is the award that you want to win. It's the place where you gather once a year to celebrate success and most likely to mourn defeat. Because there's many who are nominated year after year after year and never ever win an Oscar. To win an Academy Award is the absolute pinnacle of the acting career. But what's so interesting to me is that the people that you see are able to act brilliantly in a role that they can't function in in their everyday life. So you'll see people who win an award for a movie which is about being an amazing family person, about being an amazing financial investor. The list could go on. And then you look at that actor's personal life and it's absolutely opposite to what they've won the award for. So they get acted out, but they're not really able to live it out when it is real life. And that's because acting is just that. It's acting. It's not reality, it's acting. It can be very different to what is happening in someone's personal life and in their heart. Interestingly enough, the word hypocrite comes from the Greek word for actor. That's what Jesus was saying. When he comes up with hypocrisy or hypocrite, he's saying actor. 
He's saying those people are actors. That's not really who they are. They are putting on a show. They are acting. So in its truest sense, a hypocrite is about putting on an act. It's about pretending. It's about the lines between reality and a show that we put on for other people to see being very blurred. And there isn't a separation between the two. I don't think, if any of you are thinking of a career in acting, I don't think Jesus has anything against it. In fact, we need godly actors. I think you need to honor him in what you acted in and what you said. But true hypocrisy in someone's life is something Jesus has dead set against, and you can see it plainly in his words. You can see it plainly, dead set against hypocrisy. Uh, he, he, we can dive in there um, a short little bit. I'll just quickly jump back to the start, just to quickly see it. Um, so he, he talks about uh, being careful to not to practice your righteousness in front of others. And he's saying, if you do that, there is zero reward for you coming from heaven. Zero. There's nothing. If you're trying to do something on the outside to get people's approval and your heart is not in the right place. So he jumps in there and he says there's no reward in heaven multiple times. He says it when he's talking about practicing righteousness, putting on a show. He talks about it when it comes to giving and showing off when you're giving when your heart might be far from God. Um, he talks about it when it comes to praying. When you pray, there's no reward for you if you're doing things for show, but your heart is not for me. So he, he's very strong in this. So when he jumps into um, the next bit in Matthew 23, and he speaks these words, um, he, he says over here, verse 3, um, Therefore do whatever they tell you and observe it, but don't do what they do, because they don't practice what they teach. Dead set against hypocrisy. And he goes on and on in the process. So a hypocrite, this is an interesting thing for you to get, it's not about never making a mistake or never sinning. Because I'm going to do that, and you're going to do that, and we're going to do that our whole lives. So that's not what a hypocrite is. It's rather about living a lie, or living a lie in a certain area of your life. So sin is not the same as being a hypocrite. Being a hypocrite is sin, but all sinners are not hypocrites. That's important to catch as well. In terms of the accusation against Christ followers, it's often about people professing to believe in Christ and his teachings, but not living them out. So when I've heard someone talk about a Christ follower or Christians being hypocrites, they say, look, you say that you believe this, but look at that person's life. They say they're a Christ follower, and that's what Jesus says, but look at what they're doing there. It's completely opposite. So that's usually the accusation. Or it's about fulfilling the external expectations of going to church, reading the Bible, not getting drunk, but out of religious duty rather than a heart of worship. So that's the other thing people will say, but look at that person, they do all the right things. They do this, they do this, they never miss a Sunday, they always have their Bible, they read it every day. But there's just something in their character that when I speak to them, I don't get a sense that all of those actions are doing anything for their heart at all. When we think about hypocrisy, that's what we need to think about. We also need to be careful in our accusations because someone calling themselves a Christian may not be a Christ follower at all. So I did schools work in different schools around Zimbabwe for eight years, eight or nine years. And if I did a talk in front of all of the students, whether it was Peter House and John's Chisipiti, Arundel, the list could go on. If I did a talk and I said, great guys, I just want to do a little test here. How many of you guys are Christians? I can guarantee 90% put up their hands, 90%. And the only people who didn't put up their hands were those who maybe were dead set against God. They're like, no, I'm an atheist and I'm proud of it. But then it was the Muslims and the Hindus. That's what would happen. And I reckon if I did the test in Zimbabwe today, the exact same thing would happen. Most who put up their hands would see it more as 
I'm not black, I'm not colored, I must be white. I'm not Muslim, I'm not Hindu, I must be Christian. And that's how a lot of people see it in the world today. But being a Christ follower is not something that you're born into. It isn't a box that you tick on a survey form. Like when you go for medical aid, you know, are you this race, whatever else, what is your religious belief? It's not the box that you tick, oh yes, I'm not this, I'm not this, I am a Christian. It's not that at all. It's whether you've invited Christ into your heart, whether he is your Lord and Savior. So before we cast stones at someone, maybe you're visiting and you aren't a Christ follower, or maybe you have, you know, cast stones, a word for getting angry about someone for, for being a hypocrite. The first question we need to ask is, that person might say they're a Christian. But are they actually in the sense of what being a Christ follower means? So we need to be careful when we look at what is a Christian and what isn't. So I think we've got a pretty good idea of what it means to be a hypocrite in the biblical sense of the word. And then we're going to dive into the next. When can we spot hypocrisy in our own lives? And you'll be able to spot this as a believer in Christ or a non-believer. Because we can have hypocrisy whether we believe in Jesus or not. Because hypocrisy is acting. It's not being real to who we really are. And if you've been a Christ follower for many years, please don't switch off for the next five minutes. Because the tendency is for us to go, oh, I know a lot of hypocrites, a lot of them. But we just don't want to look at ourselves. So this is the time when you don't switch off. This is the time when you engage if you are a Christ follower. Because Satan is the master of lies. And he is brilliant at telling us, you've got it all together, bro. You have it all together. But those people, They've got the problems. And Satan loves to lie to us like that. So let's take a little bit of an inward look. When can you spot hypocrisy in yourself? First one, you'll notice a trend towards a proud attitude of superiority when you see other people's failings. That's what you'll notice in your life. If you look inward, it's like, I'm just so glad I've got everything all together. But that friend of mine, I've got a long way to go. Such a long way to go. And you'll, you'll probably find a tendency that you also tell that same story to other people friend of mine. Have you, you know them? Yeah, oh yes, yeah, yeah, you know them. Long way to go. We've just got to pray for them. They are miles over the edge. I'm just so grateful that we're doing so well. So you'll notice a tendency towards pride in your life. Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 3, don't look at the speck in someone else's eye when you've got a monster plank in your own, which Bruce Lowe would love because carpentry and all that sort of stuff. But we're really good at that. We're really good at noticing it and we, we don't look inward. Don't worry about whether someone else's life is a life of hypocrisy. Check yourself first. And continue to check yourself. Jesus, in Matthew, in Matthew 23 there, he was saying, you guys as Pharisees, you're great as demonstrating that you do everything well, you've got all the tassels and everything else, but you have zero humility. Zero humility. And that's one of the key tests that you and I know. So that's the first one. Second one, what's the second uh, test where we can look for hypocrisy? is you have a need to be noticed by others for what you do. You have this real need that people need to notice when you're serving, when you've done something, when, you, um, when you've achieved something. So the reason why you're doing it is so that other people see. You're not doing it so that God sees or because you just want to serve them. There's a real need in your heart of those people didn't acknowledge what I did. They didn't acknowledge how amazingly I served. And that's a real challenge because you need to look and go, but, but who actually am I pleasing? Am I acting towards people, or am I actually trying to please Jesus? Where's my heart really? So that's a real challenge for us to look at as well. Third one, you subtly start to believe that doing things is what makes you right with God, 
And once the box is ticked, you're safe. I came to church four times in the month. Not once, not twice, but four times. I didn't miss a Sunday. Ticks box. Thank you, Jesus. I'm right there. I read my Bible every day for the last two days. That's probably more like me. Um, I did it. I did a chapter a day for the last month. I've ticked the box. I'm close to Jesus. I gave money this month. Tick the box. Jesus isn't about ticking boxes. He couldn't care less about ticking boxes unless our heart is to please Him. So we need to look inward to go, am I doing the stuff? But with my heart far from Jesus. If your heart is close to Jesus, oh my goodness, do the stuff and go wild. But if you're doing the stuff and your heart's far from God, they're better to stop doing the stuff because you're not pleasing Jesus. And you probably won't be pleasing other people because they'll see it in you. So that's an inward check. Two more. A tendency to ignore parts of the Bible that you don't like. It might be like, I just love the passage in the Bible that about blessings. Bring it on. Cattle on a thousand hills. Bring it, Jesus. My herd's only got like 12. I need a thousand, Jesus. That's what you're there for. Um, the parts about the blessings. The parts about great health. But don't talk to me about reaching the lost. Don't talk to me about loving different races. Don't talk to me about giving money. Don't talk to me about going through hardship. Those parts of the Bible we just ignore. But the blessing, Jesus, I want that. It's when hypocrisy is in our life. When we don't take God's word as God's word. We take a little bit because, oh, I just love that part. It makes me feel so gooey inside. We ignore the rest. It's when we know hypocrisy is happening in our life. The last one. So we talk often about faith actions, but we never actually do them. So we're great at talking about prayer. Prayer is so important. And worship is amazing. Reading the Bible, this is God's word. But if we look at our lives, it's actually absent. Hypocrisy is in our life. We're great talking. We don't actually live it out. So those are some, some guardrails for you and I to look at, to dive into. Just continually check inwardly because it can creep in, in little areas all the time. We need to be aware of it. Third point. Why is hypocrisy so destructive? Why is it so destructive? Why was Jesus, as we go through those passages, so dead set and so angry about hypocrisy? Christian or not, people can see right through it, and it's something none of us like. So interesting. If you ask anyone, no one's really like, I love seeing the hypocrisy in that person. It's amazing. What an awesome trait. We don't say that. No one says that of someone. But this is another proof that we're actually created by God. So if you're here going, I don't believe we were created by anyone or anything, we just happen to be. Actually, you wouldn't even care about hypocrisy if you just evolved. You wouldn't even care. Because the whole concept of someone being true and someone not acting and someone being who they should be, where did that concept come from? It has to have come from a God who cares about being who you should be. We're not animals. Animals couldn't care less about hypocrisy. You don't hear Valerie, the lioness, saying to another lioness, Judith, did you see the way Margaret behaves? Do you see how she acts? She always says that she lets others have the best part of the impala, but while they aren't looking, she takes a sneaky little bite of the best part. What a hypocrite. You don't hear a lioness saying that. Or maybe some wildebeest during the big migration, you know, through the Serengeti, as they go and they get up to the crocodile-infested waters, you don't have Lionel saying, hey Max, check out what Vince does all the time. Each year, he acts so brave and mighty, and he gets all the other people, he says, hey guys, this is what you have to do, you just all jump in, and I'll lead the charge, and then at the moment where he says jump, he fakes, and they all jump in, and then he sits back and he waits for a few to get charred by the crocodiles, and then you just see Vince doing a little sneaky walk to the side, and out he comes. He does it every single year, Max. 
What a hypocrite. We don't know animals doing that. They couldn't care less. Vent for yourself. And so actually the whole concept that we even think about hypocrisy as humans is proof that we're a lot more than animals. We're not just cells bumping together. We were actually created by someone, the living God. And form four, I had this this episode where um, I got smacked around by a few friends outside this beautiful coffee shop called The Bowling Alley. Um, it wasn't. <laughs> any of you who lived um, <laughs> during that time, um, it's where Borodale Village Spa was. Just in case you know, it was like the, the, the real hangout of um, people who wanted to get up to nonsense. But anyway, I got smacked uh, around by these friends who, I'd been, who were my friends from school, and I had been trying to impress them and sort of get onto the in crew for, uh, for, for, for a few months, actually. What was so interesting is they saw right through it. Because what I was doing is I was doing an amazing job. I was leading worship at youth. It was just awesome. And I was like leading a small group. And then afterwards, I was like, guys, I'll see you later. See you next Friday. And then I'd head to the bowling alley and um, get up to some nonsense there. And I did this for a while. And I was trying to get on the in crowd. And these friends of mine, they just saw right through it. And so the reason why they got so angry is they were like, Craig, you tell us all of this stuff at church. I mean, not at church, at school. And you act like this. But then we see you on a Friday night. And you are absolutely opposite. It's actually God's saving grace because it got me to think about what was important in life. But people see right through hypocrisy. And what they did is it didn't necessarily damage my reputation. Yes, maybe to an extent. It damaged Jesus' reputation. That's the key issue with hypocrisy. A man named Brennan Manning, he said this, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but walk out the church door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. Say it again. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And that is why Jesus was so dead set against hypocrisy. As Christ followers, and we are going to make mistakes, and I think people can see that. If we make a mistake in our following of Jesus, and we own up to it, and we repent, and we're open about it, I think people can see that. They can see mistakes. But if as Christ followers, if our words and our actions regularly don't match up, if there's a disconnect between what we say and between what we do, if what we profess is not matched by our lifestyle, it shows the world that Jesus is not who he said he was. And this is a matter of life and death, eternal life and death. And this is why hypocrisy makes Jesus so angry. It's because it makes him look not as valuable to the world, but as actually in desperate need of his saving grace. We need to see ourselves as God's servants reaching into the world and hypocrisy will stop God's kingdom advance dead in its tracks through us. It'll, it'll halt it. If there's hypocrisy in our lives, God cannot work through us. Yes, mistakes, yes, errors, we've all got sin, we've all got mess. But when it's a regular occurrence that what we say and what we do doesn't match up, God won't be able to work. And so the final one as we close, how do we find the solution? How do we find the solution to this problem? Well, Jesus nailed it when we read through Matthew 6, Matthew 23. It was what he was getting to the whole time. He was saying, what I really want is your heart. What I really want is your heart. When you give to the poor, don't let other people know. Give in secret, but why? 
Because my dad, the heavenly father, sees what's done in secret. He sees your heart. He sees what you really are like on the inside. And he knows. And that's the thing that's important. When you pray, when you build relationship with Jesus, it's not about what you look like to everyone else. It's not about being noticed. What's it like when you're alone with the king of kings? What's it like when you're with Jesus one-on-one? What's it like right then? That's what he cares about. Jesus will get the job done on earth. He could do it without us. What he wants is he wants our heart first. Then he loves to use us, but it's about relationship with him. He says, I want relationship with you, and everything else can come after that. I don't need your stuff. I don't need what you do. In fact, I don't want it at all unless you're motivated by love. That's Jesus' response. He doesn't want any of the things that we do unless the motivation is a love. So I believe there's three people or three person types here today, and we'll each have to respond in different ways. Person number one. You're not a believer in Christ. You're here, you're exploring faith, maybe you've been invited by someone, maybe you've been checking things out for a while, and you've arrived here today at Harvest, which I'm so grateful for. And if you're here because you're invited by a friend or you saw an advert, um, I'm, I'm just so chuffed about that. So the challenge for you today is get right with God. He's come to give you life. He's come to give you life to the full. And the reason he got so angry about hypocrisy is because he's not about acting. He's the real deal. And today, he wants you to encounter the real deal. The one who died for you and for me on the cross so that our sin and our hypocrisy can be paid for so we can have life with him now and forevermore. And so if you're person number one, he's not about rules, he's not about regulations. He's in the business of transforming hearts. Don't let your hurt and your up being upset about seeing people call themselves Christians and not acting it out, don't let that prevent you from exploring who Jesus is. Because he's not like that. And so often we can be hurt and we can be angry because we've seen how people who've called themselves Christians act. And they might be Christians. We're all a mess. We all have sin. So they might be a Christian, they might not. That's irrelevant. Don't let their behavior prevent you from stepping into a relationship with the King of Kings. That's your challenge today. Open up scripture, see who Jesus is, hand your life over to him, and I can guarantee you, you will never be the same. Because when he changes your heart, he changes everything. Person number one, we'll pray to these in a bit. Person number two, you're the ticking box person. You're the person, and maybe you've been at Harvest for 10 years, maybe you've been here for 15 years, maybe you've been here for two years, and you go, I'm just so good at doing this stuff. I, I, I don't miss a Sunday, and I read my Bible, and I do this, I do this, I do this. Those are all great things. But I just want you to check that the reason you're doing them is because you love Jesus. I just want you to check that. It's very easy to be in church and part of church, part of a life group involved in church for years and years, but by learned behavior, by going, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. And we all do it because we want people to see us. We want people to know us. But you could do that and just check that you're motivated by love and that God's actually transformed your heart on the inside out. There's an amazing story told of a guy who was a pastor in a church for 30, 40 years. And then someone else was talking in his church and he went up to get saved. And he was like, do you know what? I actually studied theology. I grew up in a Christian home. I've done pastoral ministry for 40 years and I actually don't know Jesus. It's possible. But you'll know in your heart. You'll know. Because Jesus says when he makes us new creations, we know. So you'll know. It's not something to be afraid of. That's the ticking box one check on that. The final one, 
is that you love Jesus. You're a Christ follower. You invite him into your heart and you love him. Make sure that you haven't taken on any hypocritical traits or areas of hypocrisy in your life where Satan sort of got a grip of. You can check on that as we pray. Double check that what you say and how you act is in line with God's word. So easy for us to twist scripture to our liking. But don't be fooled. Ask God. Ask him now as we pray. So many stories, and I've heard many say it before, I, I just love Jesus, but I don't love his church. It's not possible. You can't be a Christ follower and not love his church. Or I'm a disciple of Christ, but I don't believe in, in, in giving to his church. Or I don't believe in generosity. It's not really possible if he hasn't changed your heart. Sarah and I were chatting yesterday. We were just having a little chat, and we were just saying, why, um, what's the reason why we're here? Why are we actually here on earth? And without, without thinking, why do we do church? And without thinking, Sarah was just like, to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10. It was almost like it just came out. It was a re- reaction from sin. But that's, that's why we're here. The Son of Man, right after Zacchaeus' passage, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's why he came. So if we take on his great commission, that's what we're about. That's what we care about. And so it's impossible to be a Christ follower and go, I just don't really care about people who don't know Jesus. That's for other people to focus on. It's not really for me. It doesn't happen. When Jesus changed our hearts. We take on who he is. So that's what he's asked us to do, to seek and save the lost. And so we need to check, because there can be areas in our life, little areas which we take some off, we ignore others, we take this because it's comfortable, we ignore that. We need to continue to be checking it. I need to continue to check that. Let's pray.